I'm J.P. Tuesday. And I'm Kiki Cannon. As lifelong Disney fans, the work of countless talented Disney creatives have shaped our lives. Now, as the Disney catalog expands, we're taking a journey through film and television to discover if that spark that shaped us as children lives on in adulthood. Does your favorite Disney media still cast that same spell? Join us as we find out. We are rewatching the, the magic. Okay. Before we get going, I want to preface this. If you have not seen Spider-Man No Way Home, there will be intense spoilers in this podcast. All of the spoilers. We cannot stress this enough. Stop listening now. Right now. Turn it off if you have not seen this movie. Yes. Please, if if you do not want to be spoiled... Come back here after you've seen the movie, and yeah, because we are not going to hold back on any spoilers. That being said, hi, Kiki! Hi, Tuesday! Seriously, this is your final warning. Turn it off now if you haven't seen this movie. Have you seen the movie? You're sure you've seen the movie? Okay. All right. So we're going to talk about (laughs) what we got right, what we got wrong in our lead up to this, this movie. Because we did that whole, like, we're going to go through all the Spider-Mans, even though Disney doesn't own them and it wouldn't normally be in our purview because there were all the rumors about maybe there are Spider-Mans in this movie. And there were Spider-Mans in this movie. Boy, were there Spider-Mans in this movie. There were all of the Spider-Mans in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, we got Andrew Garfield. We got Tobey Maguire. I'm surprised we didn't get, you know, Peter Porker Spider-Ham wandering through this movie. I'm surprised we did not get Miles Morales in this movie. We got Although a reference. We did, get, we did get a reference. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so this... This was this was exactly what everybody was wanting, and let's just get this out of the way. And the Oscar goes to Andrew Garfield for his portrayal in "I Am Not in This Movie" for the entirety of 2021. Poor Andrew! All he <laughs> wanted to do was talk about Tick Tick Boom, and all anyone else wanted to talk about was <laughs> Spider Man. Yeah, Andrew, Tobey Maguire got off so easy because Tobey Maguire had nothing else come out during the year of 2021. Yeah. This was the only film Tobey Maguire had come out in 2021. And that was such a blessing for him because he was able to go, guys, I don't have anything to promote this year. And he was able to just deny all press junkets. Andrew Garfield had to promote like, five movies this year because <laughs> he was in everything he was in uh the tammy faye baker movie again yeah. he was in tick tick boom yeah the dude was... works the dude has not stopped working if you only seen him in spider-man you haven't seen him in really anything that he really puts a lot of heart and soul into not to say he didn't do it in spider-man but if you only know him as the guy that played spider-man you're missing out on a lot of really good movies and a lot of really good performances yeah i mean he was he was in a lot of stuff this year and so he had to do 
all of the press interviews for all of that other stuff that it was actually known he was going to be in. And the only thing anybody wanted to talk about was, are you going to be in Spider-Man? And he had to do all these interviews of like, I can't wait to see this movie. I'm sure it's going to be a good movie, but I am not in this movie. And give that man a special Oscar because honestly, even having seen that movie, I went back and watched. There are compilations on YouTube now of every time he denied he was in the movie. I still kind of believe him that he wasn't in this movie. <laughs> yeah, so, so I'm I'm in the theater and they do the scene, you know, find Peter Parker, find Peter Parker, and then you see the silhouette with the wide eyes from Amazing Two, it's like oh, and then you see the suit, and then you see him unmasked. Oh, it's him! It's Andrew Garfield. He's in this movie. And then you're kind of sitting there like. But is he really in this movie? Though? <laughs> I like, mean, even did he really it... in, did, did he really interact with anybody, or was it just all blue green screen? <laughs> and then he's like grabbing Toby Maguire and popping his back, and you're like, "Well, that's not CGI." <laughs> yeah. And then you're actually watching the scene because there was that infamous bit that had gotten leaked somehow. Oh yeah, where they're talking about the organic webbing. Yeah, and the thing is, is that that had gotten leaked as a no audio, like, GIF. Yeah. Online somehow. And, uh... It's him, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's him on a blue screen holding... No, if if you haven't seen it, why are you still listening? <laughs> true, true, but... The but picture it, is was the, just... it is the point in the movie where he says, do you ever get web block? Yeah. Because of the organic webbing. And because there was no audio and it was just people reading lips, uh, people had read his lips as, so do you have web blood? Which is actually pretty close. And from that, people had figured out that not only was he in the movie, but that he was talking to Toby Maguire and that the context of the scene was they were discussing the fact that one of the three has organic webbing, which is Bravo Internet. That is a lot of context to pull out of a three second soundless GIF. And he had to deny that. Oh, that's Photoshop. That's not me. That's it's a deep else. fake. Yeah, it's a deep fake. Yeah. Um. That was, and and even before the film came out, I watched a lot of things, including people who do um, special effects for a living and stuff. There's a lot of really good things of um, how can you tell a deep fake versus real footage and stuff and people going through and talking about um, the source of lighting and um, the texture of hair. Uh, things like how the light bounces off of the moisture on people's teeth, uh, little things. And honestly, it's a really good way to tell real footage from fake footage. Uh, look up some of some of those videos from before the film ever come, came out if you are really interested in how to tell computer-generated deep fake footage from actual stuff because uh, it's it's fascinating and a lot of people were were saying if this is 
if this is a deep fake, this is a massive upgrade in technology that is terrifying because it's the best one we've ever seen. Um, so it, it was very compelling to me as, and when we were talking about if we were going to do that lead up of the Spider-Man episodes, mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I kind of thought we should do it <laughs> was because of that footage did not seem fake. <laughs> you were, you were, you wanted to do it, but you were kind of, should we do it? Should we, are we spoiling anything? It's like everyone knows that there's going to be three Spider-Men in this movie. Let's just go for it. And you know, we did it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, well, at the same time, it's like it it was it was one of those things of i I knew that the internet was kind of hoping for it, but we've been burned before. you know, there's always the famous Ralph Bolner, yeah, I was gonna mention problem. that you know back in, <laughs> back earlier this year, you know, we see the Fox X-Men Quicksilver, and it's Ralph Boner. Well, because we had talked about did we want to did we want to talk about that Wandavision bit mm-hmm. and talk about the multiverse now including um the the Fox X Men mm-hmm. because we knew that they were doing this multiverse thing because they had already dropped the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness title so we knew that the MCU was going in this multiverse direction. And we knew that they had plans to bring something in. Yeah, though heavily rumored that past actors were going to be appearing in something. Yeah, we didn't have the context of the Spider-Man thing yet. Because so, people were throwing the idea of, oh, it's such and such actor in Doctor Strange and such and such actor in, in WandaVision. And we got burned in WandaVision. And then people started saying, oh, we're going to get burned the whole way through. Yeah. And it became the thing of after the WandaVision thing, it became, are they just using this to get people to go to the theater on opening weekend? Um, is this, is this a trick to front load as many pre-sale tickets before word gets out that this is not happening? Because much like with the Star Wars thing, you know, the social media thing was, you know, don't be a bag of Richards and don't spoil it for everybody. Yeah. Which can work either way. You know, if if they're in the movie, then it's it's positive because it's like, well, don't spoil the really awesome surprise. But if they're not in the movie, it's like, well, don't spoil the big letdown that could hurt the ticket sales. We never said so and so was going to be in the movie. You thought of that yourself. Yeah. And, and we, we kind of the- had been doing that, you know. <laughs> We kind of got that recently with the hot with the post credit scene for Hawkeye. Uh, you know, I enjoyed that post credit scene very much, but there is a number of fans that were disappointed. Oh, where was 
this character, what was that character? Why didn't we actually see these characters in the post credit scene instead of what we got? And it's like, you were never promised that. You made that up in your own head. You set yourself up for disappointment. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of over Christmas break, you know, we talked about all this stuff with, with Loki, you know, just recently. And I was kind of talking about that. One of the things I think they did with Loki was fans kept talking about Loki so much that they just opened up Loki to the point of like, you know what? Shut up. Anybody could be Loki. Your houseplant could be Loki now. Just shut up about it. <laughs> you know, Houseplant <laughs> Loki coming in season two. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, I think that um, part of it is the expectation, but part of it is just them kind of getting sick of the fans in a way. But now, um, I think that they're doing, you know, this this multiple Spider-Man and the, the multiple universe thing. In one way, I think they wanted to give a send-off to Toby. Um, I will say that I'm a, I'm a little sad that they didn't kind of just wrap that up fully. Because it, it was kind of a fake out. They kind of made it look like they were going to kill him off. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they did the kind of he got stabbed thing. And it looked like they were going to bring the three of them together to kind of just be like, and now he dies. And the other two are going to mourn him. Which I think would have been very appropriate and very correct. Considering the hour, uh, one hour previous, we had Aunt May's death. Yeah, which I disagree with. I th I think that that was a bad way to go. Um, I think that uh, given the, we have to do the erase Peter from the memories of everyone who loves him thing, he would have still lost Aunt May at the end anyway. Yeah, can so you imagine that? Why, like... why actually just go through the kill her off? Because it, it now kind of, I think, reverses Uncle Ben's death because even though we didn't see uh, Tom Holland's Uncle Ben die, the fans just kind of, we wrote that in in our brain, didn't we? We've talked about that. That we we didn't have to see that on camera. We just assumed that happened. That Ben died. He did the great power, great responsibility speech. It, you know, that version of Peter went on to become Spider-Man. Blah, blah, blah. And it's We filled that in. Yeah, yeah, because we've seen it twice already. We don't need yeah. to see the. We didn't need to see it a third time. And in a way, yeah, we saw it a third time. But now, now that Aunt May does it with with Tom's Peter saying like, "How do you guys know that that statement?" And they say, "Well, that's what Ben said before he died." Now it tells us definitively that. Tom's Ben did not say that before he died. That was not there part is, of his story. There is there is a little blink and you miss it audio thing after May says it, and you'll hear Tom said, I know, I know. Well, but there's there's a difference between like 
you know, I, I know what you're saying and I recognize that that's what Ben always said. We don't know Jenna. any. We know we know nothing about this universe's Ben Parker. And yeah, but yes. it does. It does seem to kind of retcon Ben's sacrifice, whatever it may be. Like at this maybe point, maybe Ben just had a heart attack. We don't know anymore. I mean, and we don't. We may not even see it in this upcoming animated series. Yeah. Um. So it does kind of seem to almost erase that. Because of the way they've now kind of shifted that onto May. Like, oh, her death was not in vain because now that's what you need to, like, really be Spider-Man. And not just Spider-Boy, you know. Which seems to be what the movie is saying, which I kind of don't like. I would have preferred for her to live and the sacrifice being him choosing to have her memories go away and maybe her have a life with happy, but without Peter, you know, which yeah. would have been, I think tragic. It would also, that would have been even more tragic. Yes. He lost his best friend. Yes. He lost his girlfriend, but also he losing lost may, yeah, he lost, but losing may, but she's still alive, but he can never say I'm your nephew, Peter. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and he just has to watch her from the, the sidelines move on with with her life would would be you know kind of awful um but yeah but the thing is is i thought like the the kind of awful sacrifice would be kind of like watching another version of himself die um in in toby's version mm -hmm. um and seeing that kind of that kind of sacrifice and stuff um, and realize that that being Spider-Man does mean sacrificing, you know, Toby's version sacrificing his life, Andrew's version having sacrificed his true love, mm -hmm. you know, and now Peter's version has to sacrifice basically his entire life, all of his friends, all of his family, his connection to... You know, Avengers, yeah. the Avengers and all that and live a very solitary life at the end of the film. It would have been like a, a nice continuity of of sacrifice among them. Um, and they've all lost Ben in, in all three of their universes. Um, and there's no need to, to kind of also kill off May in that in that sense. Um, but. The. Uh, the thing in, in that moment though, is that, and then, you know, kind of Toby gets up and, and limps off and everything, but he does, Toby did say in interviews for, for the film that he kind of, he wanted this to be his, his end for the character. Um, granted that, that that Disney Sony money combined is sweet. <laughs> who know who knows what comes later, but he did kind of say that he wanted, you know, um he is he is 46 now and uh you could tell from the way they dressed him in the film that he he does not really want to be putting on that suit. Um, they even made that joke of like you gonna dress like a youth pastor. <laughs> you gonna <laughs> you gonna put on a suit. Um, 
so you can tell that he does not really want to be doing the doing the workout and putting on the spandex at, at this point in his life um on the other hand though I have never seen anybody more thrilled to be doing a part than Andrew Garfield was to be doing this movie. <laughs> I mean, there have been since the movie came out, people there have been a fans demanding for Amazing Three, or at least to have Andrew be the Sony Spider-Man in their universe. You know, we're having Venom and Morbius coming out and there are people who said maybe andrew garfield should be the spider-man of those movies and i think that would be awesome and uh, you know we've talked on the show before about how there's pie enough for everybody mm-hmm. if they'd if they'd stop being greedy about it there's pie enough for everybody and that comics have all always had all these kind of just multiple intersecting storylines, you know, and there's like Spider-Man 2099 and there's, you know, amazing Spider-Man and there's ultimate Spider-Man and there, you know, and comic readers for decades have just kind of been down with that. And I think, I, I think that movie audiences are also okay to be down with that. I mean, maybe not in huge numbers, but we're seeing that now that and kind of the pandemic has brought it kind of crashing forward in a in a way that maybe it was slowly moving beforehand. But the um the thing is that film was changing beforehand and the pandemic just kind of you know smashed it into us mm-hmm. that with streaming services and home distribution and the the changing way of movie theaters that i think that if you release these things they're going to find an audience it just may not be all of the audience you know when you have a monopoly on something it's like well if you want to see a spider-man movie this is the only game in town Right now, we have two Spider-Man universes going on in film right now between the Holland universe and the animated Miles Morales universe. Yeah, and they're both making good money. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and we also have the people that want to see the Venom Carnage movies. Mm-hmm. You know? And the audience that's going to be around for the Mobius Morbius movie, excuse me. And whatever that's going to be, you know, and And whatever other, yeah, whatever other, uh, Spider-Man movies that Sony's going to come up with, you know, we, there's rumors of a Craven the Hunter movie in development that could also be part of this thing. So I think if you're just like, Hey, I want, some money instead of hey i want all of the money i think you're gonna make good money it just might not be all of the money ever Hmm. so i think if you're okay with just making enough money (laughs) you know i think if you're if you're okay with making profit 
um, that there's there's an audience out here for it. Um, if you're okay with not being the only game in town. And you know what? It's all going back to Sony anyway. Yeah. I mean, it, at the end of the day, Sony still ends up with the money <laughs> you know so uh i think maybe they just need to shut up and uh and do the thing and i think at the end of the day uh andrew garfield would be super happy to go off into whatever universe the venom movies are currently existing in and be the Spider-Man of that universe. Let him fight Tom an alien. <laughs> Holland, yeah, and let him fight an alien. Because he wants to do that. And uh, let Tom Holland be the Spider-Man over in the MCU. And those movies can happen. Because at the end of the film, you know, in that post credit sequence, it's very obvious that Venom minus a tiny little bit of the symbiote goo gets zapped back to whatever Sony universe outside of the Marvel universe is going on. I love that we got our sixth member of the Sinister Six. It was Venom, and he would rather drink at the bar. Yeah, I like that he was okay with just not not being part of this. Yeah, Because <laughs> also, I think he was in Mexico, and it would have just taken longer to get on a plane and go to New York. <laughs> for whatever battle this was um but i i loved every moment of this i love that we kind of have the setup of ned's family having magic i mean he is a goblin in some universes yeah he he is hobgoblin i think yeah hobgoblin uh in in some versions of the story but also, he kind of just accidentally uses the sling ring. Just moving his hands. I want to see Peter. Oh. Yeah. I do and have I, magic. I, I like that uh, Strange just kind of is like, oh, that took me like three or four months to, to even begin to master. And you did it accidentally over dinner. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not upset about this at all. <laughs> I mean that that that's a potential future sequel there, where you could have Ned training under Doctor Strange and Wong. Yeah. Um. I also like that Wong is the Sorcerer Supreme now by default. By of the default. Flip. Yeah. <laughs> Strange leaves for five years. They need a Sorcerer Supreme. Here's Wong. <laughs> Yeah. Um which explains why Wong was in Chang-Chi. Yeah, but but I also like that Strange just kind of wanders around as if he's still Sorcerer Supreme. <laughs> just wandering around with the cloak of levitation and sweatpants. <laughs> just wandering around the Sanctum Sanctorum. The equivalent of walking around in your PJs and bathrobe. Yeah. Um, and at this point, you know, because the Cloak of Levitation is kind of sentient anyway, so I like that it's just apparently choosing to hang out with him <laughs> rather than him putting it on. It's just like, no, nah, we're going to hang out today, buddy. <laughs> I want to uh, I wanna go to a line that really hit me is when the Peters are talking about their loss. We've mentioned that already, but... 
you know, when Andrew Garfield talks about losing Gwen and going into that dark place, like, there's adventures we never saw. And he says how bitter and rage-filled he got, and he stopped holding back. We've talked on how strong Spider-Man can be. I wonder how many, like, jaws he punched off of faces or spines he pulled out of poor dudes, you know? Yeah, like I, This Peter likely killed some people. I wonder about that, because, you know, there's there's the bit at the beginning of his first movie where he, you know, he goes vigilante before he becomes proper Spider-Man. Where he's just emo dude in a hoodie beating up guys. Yeah. Um, so it's not like we haven't seen him go to that dark place before. So it's it would be interesting to kind of revisit that. Um and he even says it to uh to Tom Holland, don't be like me. Don't don't let your 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 rage consume you. So it's like these are three different Peters in three different positions in their life. You know, you have the Peter, you know, Tobey Maguire, who did go to that dark place and like in Spider-Man 3, come out the other side and is still trying to learn how to be a better person. And you have Andrew Garfield, who is still in that dark place. And they're both looking at Tom, who is about to enter that dark place. And they're trying to tell him, you know, help him go through that go through it and get out the other side because we see Tom go to that dark place and he's about to kill the goblin. Yeah, he's about to kill him with his glider. Yeah. At least it wouldn't be to the Nards. Yeah, it's just like... Straight into the chest. I, I may have been like, aim lower, lower, lower. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Yeah, and and there are all kinds of little little nods, like, you know, Toby repeating, like, you're amazing, man. You know, it's like, you, you have, this you have to do that. This movie went through all the Spider-Man memes, even the pointing meme. Yeah, even the pointing meme, they they did, um, My you know. My back! The, and the, the, the back meme, um... We never got to the point, but I I love that 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 that's the only that's my favorite line from that particular movie, and it's because it was a reference to, to it was a reference to a real life event because uh, Toby almost was not in Spider Man Two because he hurt his back on Sea Biscuit. Yeah, and uh, but it was also apparently. Um, it kind of thrown out there as a joke by um, Ted Raimi, who happened to be on set that day, is the the, the story that I've always heard, is that Ted was, was visiting his brothers on set, and he was like, they were like, uh, this feels like it needs a joke, and that was the joke that Ted threw out, because, you know, knowing the, the backstory. <laughs> and they were like, oh, that's actually good, and Ted kept it in. And so. uh, the one that got the big laugh out of out of my theater, which was, you know, I'm sort of a scientist myself. Yeah, that that's always a good line. I mean, it's you know, there there's there's so many just throwaway lines in this that you know, it's like 
I have a feeling that every time we we rewatch this, you know, as it hits the home market and, you know, um, that we're we're going to be rewatching this. Uh, a friend of mine pointed out to me privately um, that he caught something in his watch that I did not catch in mine, which is that the um, the mural that they that they put up in the uh the school mm-hmm. when they put up that like ode to spider-man mural for for peter in the school mm-hmm. and um but as he's coming up the stairs there's that mural of all the famous scientists mm-hmm. and there's all the real world scientists and he added a bunch painted. of MC- yeah, they added a bunch of MCU sciences. But they like, added, like, Hank Pym and uh, Howard Stark yeah, in I there, too. That, yeah. um, and I didn't I didn't catch that in, in my watch, but uh, but one of my friends pointed it out to me, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just, there's, there's so much in this. You know, we, we finally, you know, we, we finally see that, like, even stuff like the the little coffee cup at the end that MJ hands Peter, yeah, is the same one from the Netflix shows. That coffee cup appears all the time in the Netflix shows. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so not only does Matt Murdock, you know, make his return in this. Oh yeah, that that, uh, that which we haven't too. talked about yet, but you yeah. know, Charlie uh, Cox back as Matt Murdock. Um. Which I was, I was, I was uh, expecting him in a different MCU property, but no, we get him in this one. Um, So, and and it happens the same week that we get Vincent D'Onofrio back in Hawkeye as as Kingpin. Yeah, I wasn't gonna say that, but okay. Uh, (laughs) It's out there. These episodes are out there. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, but yeah, but so not only do we get that as a tie into the Netflix shows, but we get that kind of rather infamous cup that's repeated all the time uh in the netflix shows that's kind of every time somebody gets coffee in those shows it it always comes in that cup so probably another little nod to maybe more of those netflix uh characters characters might be coming i don't know so i'm hoping cross my fingers hoping who who Uh, knows uh, let's, I mean, we, we mentioned him. Let's try to get to our, 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 our villains. Uh, we, we did get confirmation. Reese Ifans back voicing the lizard. And, a- and in some of the, and in some of the, uh, they pulled some footage. Yeah. The, they, uh, yeah. Reese Ifans and Thomas Hayden Church were not actually on set for this movie. Those were reused shots from their respective movies in their human forms. Uh, I can forget it. Considering he, he, both of them were filming other projects at the time, they wouldn't have even gotten a chance to be on set. Yeah, uh, but uh, but at least they did the the voices, you know, yeah. of course, um, which is fine. Uh, that's that's okay. Um. So, uh, you know, uh, Alfred M- Molina, though, um really really cool uh coming back um and they they had to use that same uh de-aging 
mm-hmm. uh, thing that they used a lot for, you know, like, um, you know, when they when they used it uh, in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, for for uh, ego. Yeah. Um, but they they did that. They they did the um the tentacles totally through CGI instead of doing any puppetry. Uh, that has gotten some people, qu- you know, complaining. Oh, it's been CG and there's no practical. Uh, Alpha Merlea was very happy that they were CGI because he always complained that that harness was very heavy with those puppets on him. Uh, yeah, he he absolutely loved it. Um, according to uh, according to Tom Holland, um, he he was so happy. The only thing he didn't like was he had to stand on a um like a a remote control platform and so uh apparently they would be talking between uh shots and the platform was controlled by you know somebody off camera or whatever and apparently alfred melena and tom holland would be talking to each other and they would occasionally just need to reset the platform or move it somewhere else and Apparently, the two actors would just be chatting between scenes, and then the platform would move, and Alfred Molina would be like, okay, well, bye, Tom. Apparently, I'm going somewhere else now, because he was attached to the platform and <laughs> couldn't control where he was going. <laughs> so they would just be talking, and then Alfred Molina would just start drifting somewhere else. <laughs> so they, they said that that was the only thing he didn't like, was that occasionally he would just be transported elsewhere without his... Mid-conversation. <laughs> yeah, mid-conversation. <laughs> without his uh his permission so that was apparently the only thing he didn't like but he said that you know other than that it was it was great because he didn't have anything like weighing down on his shoulders or you know back or anything he just had to stand on a platform that would occasionally move him uh, places he didn't uh intend to go and jamie fox loved it because he wasn't blue anymore yeah he just he just kind of got to stand there (laughs) and be jamie fox I mean, Electro is blue, but that's all, all CG, which works for me. Yeah, and uh, they did really cool things like uh, using the electricity to do the outline of the mask from the comics and stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they kind of waved it away that he got a, a new body and everything, but nah, that's fine. It's it's a, it's a movie. Move and I, I like what they did with the uh, arc reactor yeah. energy. Yeah. And how that played with his, you know, that it was something new to this universe that he didn't have in his original universe. Yeah. Um, so they, I, I liked, I liked that adding in. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, they even, you know, Tom Holland, Spider-Man even says, you know, we have advanced technology in this in this universe. We can make whatever you want, and that seems to be the thing that gets Electro over the edge. I'm going to take this technology and add it to my power. Yeah, and I I like little things like uh them the the villains being like wait there's magic in this universe there's you know you have all this advanced uh fabrication technology you know like uh Tom's uh Peter's uh 3D printing unit that he has from Stark <laughs> Um, 
the the arc reactor technology um thing things that that they come up on that um i i love the fact that uh they turned uh j jonah jameson into a kind of weird um conspiracy theorist kind of guy it, instead of the traditional daily bugle print media it, and it's a nice adaptation to modern because we see it in real life where print news is kind of a dead medium no offense to those who still go by by print news but for televised news you really need to get people involved and just the facts aren't enough to keep the viewer well it's not even televised news it's an internet i mean there's a dot net at the end of it now yeah so um, like and, a, i mean we don't have to go into the personalities that he's parodying but if you know you know yeah and he does it in a very tiny studio against a green screen with a staff of like three people you, you know i mean it's it's if you know how the people he is parodying work their you know particular shows that is exactly how they do them which makes you so, wonder why mysterio or mysterio's team chose that particular news source because to be the one mysterio in in that in that universe that that version of Quentin Beck seems like the exact type of guy that would be watching that show. Mm. He seems like exactly the type of fanboy of that type type of, of news. Yep. And I you know he probably was just like every day I turn tune into J Jonah Jameson and he sells the best supplements and I I mean it's he it's, tells it like it is man he tells it like it is it seems like that that's probably where he was at so that's probably who he sent you know if something happens to me make sure JJ gets it because he's gonna be the one that will will tell it you know so yeah I mean it's that's probably who it is and I like that uh, they make Coach Wilson also a, that a Mysterio too, yeah. was was right truther too. You and know? we get a lot of it in this. You know, uh, you know, a Mysterio fanboy throws green paint on Peter at one point in the movie, which yeah. somehow and, he gets the you know forcing him to do the inside out costume, which explains the black costume. It's amazing how many costumes Peter wears in this movie, which really ends up being all the same costume, just different designs on it. Yeah. And I like that, you know, we had talked about what happens to what happens to Flash. Yeah, when we, he finds we out Peter's identity and we find out exactly what happens to Flash. He turns out the fastest I'm Peter Parker's best friend book. And tries to make money off of it. And tries to make money off of it. And it doesn't quite go as well as he wants. It doesn't I, stop him from getting into school, though, which is interesting. 
as I've said before, Flash Thompson seems to be the dumbest nerd at the nerd school and still got into MIT. Yeah, and and also the other, you know, the the people who are actually friends with Peter Parker, which is Ned's, you know, throw at him, mm-hmm. is they're, they're refused MIT because they're actually friends with Peter Parker. Yeah, they're associated. And Peter but, also gets infected. But the guy who writes the book about how he's best friends with Peter Parker somehow gets into MIT. Yeah. And I, I like that they used MIT because that is Tony Stark's alma mater. Yeah. Um, kind of still it, Tony it, Stark's still influencing the Marvel Universe. It's fascinating, though, that Tony wouldn't have left a like a Tony Stark grant for the education of Peter Parker or something. I do, it's it's a little weird that he was so interested in making sure Peter was set up. In in in, in Homecoming, he even says, "Hey, say the word and I can get you in at MIT." Yeah, and and it it's kind of interesting that he wouldn't have planned for that. Well, but Peter, I guess Peter, the blip, was dust, you know? Peter was dusted for five years, and they were not sure it was going to work. And you know, by the time they figured out it did work, Thanos attacked. Then, then Tony was dead. Yeah, and so maybe I don't know. Um, or it it, it kind of seems strange that there wouldn't have been like a Peter Parker Memorial Scholarship. Then I guess. But I am Peter Parker. Well, the Peter Parker Memorial Scholarship, and you're alive. <laughs> yeah, you're not a memorial anymore. So I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I, I, there's so much in this movie to love and it is so much, so much Spider-Man. I, I want, uh, <laughs> when, after I saw the movie, I, you know, everyone does the joke. Oh, it's spectacular. It's amazing. It's, you know, sensational. It's web of, but for me, this is probably the most Peter Parker Spider-Man movie I've ever seen. And I'm not talking about the fact that there's three of them. But it really shows you who Peter Parker is as a person in that, you know, he could have easily pressed that button at any time and send all of these villains back to their world to die by the hands of Spider-Man like we've seen in these movies. But he's going to save them. He's going to do whatever he can to save them because that's what Peter Parker does. We've said it right here on this show many times through those episodes that we did. Peter Parker is not a killer. He is going to do everything he can to save a life. We've seen it in Homecoming where he does everything possible to save the vulture. We, um, you know, we've, so he's not going to, you know, you guys die at my, uh, my variant's hands. Bye-bye. But no, I'm going to save these people. I'm going to cure them. And I'm going to give them a second chance. That, that phrase, second chance, seems to be the crux of this entire movie. The the interesting thing is is that a a lot of people have said like well wouldn't wouldn't the button press at the end have sent all of them back right as they're dying anyway but I think the point is that they were that the villains and the the Spiderman <laughs> were all pulled theoretically at the same moment in time from what we again we know andrew was pulled after two at some point we know 
that Toby was pulled sometime after three. Well, yeah. So, but um, everyone else seems to be pulled at the moment they la- we last see them see Spider Man. Like uh, well, we we see Doc yeah. Ock said, "I had Spider Man by the neck," and that is right before the climax of Spider Man Two. Yeah, because he said he said, "Where is where is my machine?" Yeah. So he's he was looking for his machine and um and electro does specifically say that he was just about to turn into pure energy and then he ended up here so yeah okay um so you know but <laughs> so you know hope, electro hopefully it, they uh, they ended up at a point in time because where where something happens that the the Peter Parkers in that universe will realize that they're cured or that their cure will prevent their their deaths. It would really suck in the if, moment. It would really suck if Norman goes back and the moment he goes back and he's cured and then there's a glider right going towards his crotch. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because that, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe he'll have a moment to roll out of the way <laughs> because he knows what's coming. I don't know. Uh, not so much for Doc Ock, because we only know there's one way to stop that machine. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the, the, the weird thing is, is that we don't exactly know where in the timeline they're, they're back, but, uh. Maybe Sandman, they'll die as yeah. themselves. Sandman would at least get a chance to see his daughter again. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, Electra would just have a normal life, you know, go back uh, just being a normal person. Uh, Lizard doesn't really change much. He would still probably go to jail for trying to turn the entire city into Lizard people. So really, the only two people that would ha- probably have a true second chance, at least in my opinion, would be Sandman and, and Electro. Well, the thing is, is that is that uh is that lizard would probably spend some time in jail but he might be able to get out of jail eventually i mean either way he was cured at the end of that movie so he yeah. just nothing changes for the lizard yeah um but the uh the the, the only thing that that other people other people have pointed out was did Electro actually know, ever find out Peter was Spider-Man? I don't think he did, but I have a theory on this. That pro- that that norm that that uh, Harry told him. No, possibly, but he says he never seen Spider-Man's face. You know, but what I believe happened is that he says he's he was about to turn into pure energy, and then he felt something new. I think that when the dimensional barrier opened, he felt the technology of the MCU, the advanced technology, the arc reactor, and was drawn to it. That's what got him into the MCU. That he didn't he didn't show up because he knew Peter. He just went, oh, energy, and went toward it. That's my that's my uh, headcanon. <laughs> yeah. That because that was the the one thing is like if they're being drawn there because they know that Peter is it's spider-man and that the other thing the other thing is is that like uh people have pointed out wouldn't all of those people on in that train car that saw 
<laughs> saw uh, Toby they, Peter's they face. Know, they don't know the name Peter Parker, but they just know its face. You have to know yeah. the name Peter Parker. And uh, as we, you know, as we've, uh, if you've seen Venom, Let There Be Carnage, in that post-credit scene, uh, Venom accesses the symbiote hive mind of all the memories of all the symbiotes in the in the in the multiverse. Yeah. And so that is how he knows who Peter Parker is. Yeah. Uh, at the end of that scene, he hears the name Peter Parker and immediately shoots up, saying, "That guy." Yeah. So that's how that particular Venom knows, because he accessed the hive mind. That's an explanation. I wish they had done more with Venom in this movie, but it makes perfect sense that they would rather be drinking at the bar in Mexico than have anything to do with a fight in New York. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I I do I do kind of think that it's it's still minor you know nerd quibbles aside and we've talked before that nerd quibbles are just fun you know (laughs) they're they're it's debate club for nerds um but uh you know despite all that this was still such a good movie and i really hope i really hope it gets us more uh andrew garfield because a lot of people are now looking at andrew garfield and going like Crap, he was a really good Spider-Man who just got some unfortunate scripts, which yeah. is what we talked about when we talked about those those films. Mm. Um, and hopefully now Sony will be like, yeah, let's uh let's have him fight Venom or something. Or Morbius or or um you know anyone or else. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have him. Let's have him fight anything if, as Spider-Man. You know, if all of this multiverse stuff is leading to like Secret Wars, the movie, let Andrew Garfield be the Spider-Man of that movie. Yeah, uh, uh, let let it let it be anything. You know, I I just I want more Spider-Man. I don't I don't really care. I will say though, and this might get me a lot of hate. I I feel like I feel like they dragged Toby one foot out of the grave and forced him to be in this movie. He did not seem like he wanted to be in this movie. I'm sorry. I can yeah, like you know, okay, I'll, I'll do the movie, but you got to get me this, this, and this. I wonder what they, you know, how much, how big was that check, you know? Yeah, it kind of seemed like he was like, look, I, I I want these concessions and I want to be in the suit as least as little as possible. How much can you CGI my character? Can I get a massage from Andrew Garfield while I'm at it? Like I don't I don't know what was in his writer for this, but it seems like it was probably a lot. And it's I'm I'm not knocking his acting at all in this, but it just seems like he was not into this. It seems like everyone in this film wanted to be in this film except for Toby McGuire. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like it seems like Willem Dafoe turned up for this movie and was like, "Holy crap, another Spider-Man movie! Awesome!" <laughs> and because yeah, like the only person that did not want to be in this movie was Tobey Maguire. <laughs> Dafoe what ha- gave the performance of a lifetime as like it 
we've seen his performance as the Goblin in the first film. This feels like the next evolution of that performance, and it yeah. was amazing. Willem Dafoe was like, do they give Oscars for Spider-Man movies? Because I'm going to make them do that. <laughs> like, it, it really took that Jekyll and Hyde side of the Goblin that we talked about with the first film and turned it up, and it worked. Especially when you see him destroy the goblin mask, thinking that's what's going to get rid of this persona, and it just makes it even worse. Yeah, it was so it was it was so much better than the chair scene, you know, in the yeah. first movie. It was so ch- good. <laughs> Instead of a chair, we get a dumpster. Oh, but it was so much better somehow. You know, and... you want to mock it, but it was it was so good. And it because it, it's a new world, we can conquer this one. And it's also the sad of, you know, he wanted to go home. He goes to his home and there's another family living there. He goes to find his company and it doesn't exist. He tries to to find his son and his son doesn't exist. That is, yeah, that's Your heart is breaking for him and you're just like, oh, I want to hug this guy. And then you realize like, no, don't hug him. He'll stab you in the back. Like. Oh my goodness, yeah. Like, he's just a guy that just wants to go home. Yeah, and it it just, you get suckered in by him, and you're like, the whole movie, you're like, oh, he's gonna turn on you, he's gonna turn on you, but this poor dude. And then, like, Melina is just there to match that energy, because you're like, I don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. Like, do I want to see him, like, get in a fist fight, or do I want to see him, like, work with the heroes like which side do i want him to be on in yeah. oh so good so good and melina then like, gives yeah melina gives this great performance even after he gets the chip in because yeah you know oh, the voices the voices are gone for the first time in a while i can think clearly and you get this great moment with with, with you know otto norman yeah i'm back and who knew that like Jamie Foxx and Thomas Hayden Church was the team up you wanted? Yeah. (laughs) That was what was surprising me. I was like, I did not know that this was the team up I wanted, but it is. Electric sand, let's go. (laughs) Yeah, like, let's make some glass. All right. (laughs) But, But it works. Yeah. And then, like, you know, Lizard, you know, they kind of sideline him, unfortunately. But when he starts talking, you're like, okay, I'm I'm here for this. But and it makes sense for some of these characters to interact and you know, get Lizard like, like, Max, is that you? <laughs> Dr. Connors, is that you? <laughs> yeah. Um. So it 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 all kind of comes together in in ways you don't expect. and. You know, it, it there there's that whole scene where where uh Tom's Peter goes into the mirror dimension and figures it out with geometry and you're like, this shouldn't work, but it does. As corny as that line is, that's a pretty cool cool line. You know what's cooler than magic? Math. <laughs> I mean, it's that it's is such not, a Peter Parker. Thanks for playing. That's a, but that's such a Peter Parker line. Yeah, I mean, it's science bros being science bros. You know, it's a, uh, but but the thing is, is they never quite un, they never quite say 
why Peter is able to kind of get his astral form back into his body, but you Spidey still kind of buy it. Yeah, okay. Spidey okay. sense maybe, um, but yeah. Uh, there's an effect. Again, we've talked about how the theaters in your area suck. Yeah. So you probably didn't see it, but there is, you see the wavy lines. The comic book spider sense lines on Peter's head in his astral form as his body is moving. It's like, it's the spider sense. And I love how they oh, reference that. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. That did not come across in my version at all. No, yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no. Uh, but it's it's really it's really neat. Um, I, I love all those little details. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, Really, really, this is just such a, mm, like I said, when it hits the home market and I can just like over and over and over and over yeah. watch it, which I'm gonna, uh, this is going to be one of those, which I'm just going to watch over and over and over again. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we, we have talked far too, far too much. I think about this. Um, yeah, this is so. Yeah, if you've this seen was it, this was just meant to be like a little mini sode uh, about about our about our thoughts and uh, what we got right and what we what we got wrong. Uh, strangely, we didn't get a lot wrong. No. We even talked about uh, you know and Andrew catching the MJ MJ. Uh, and I love the good. the reaction because it's not the crowd reaction fine, but it's Andrew's reaction. Yeah, when he was like, "Oh, thank goodness, not, not, not another." Not again, one. not again. Yeah. And it's like you know, MJ going, "Are you okay?" Said, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's she's more like, "I think you had a worse time of that than I did," and I almost went splat. <laughs> uh, yeah, Andrew Garfield Spider Man had had some flashbacks right there. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to take that scene and edit in. The scene of, of, of Gwen falling, kind of like flashing both sides, because that, I wish they had done that. I know that would have been a little too much for this movie, but... I'm, I'm sure somebody's probably done that by now. You might yeah. just be able to go to YouTube and be like, side-by-side -side falling girls in Andrew Garfield. Yeah. But yeah, we're, uh, so yeah, this movie is amazing. This movie is awesome. Spectacular. Web of 2099. It's all of those things. <laughs> yeah. No, and uh, please, 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 Sony, give us more Andrew Garfield. You screwed him so bad before. Please, please, please put him back in that Spidey suit. Hey, I'm surprised he still fits in this Spidey suit. Uh, no, I mean, he's, he's still fit. Come on. <laughs> Let's not go down that road again. <laughs> You simping on Andrew Garfield. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing that. He keeps looking like that. I'm going to keep going down that road. <laughs> All right. So, yes, yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home. Amazing film. It is awesome. Uh, definitely ranks high in my list of Spider-Man movies. Yeah, yeah, this is this is one one of the top ones. I'm not I, I haven't come up with a definitive list, but you know, it's it's got all it's got all the things. Got all the things. Oh yeah, so I think that's we can end it there because we'll talk for another hour. <laughs> yep. So uh, uh, Happy New Year. <laughs> happy New Year. We'll be back in a few days with Cruella, and we will talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye. Don't let the magic stop here. 
Join our conversation online on Facebook at Rewatching the Magic. Twitter at Rewatch the Magic. And of course, new episodes every week at rewatchingthemagic.podbean.com. Remember, the magic is for everyone. It only stops if you let it.